Success with Apostle Dwayne on the Just Truth Network. Success with Apostle Dwayne is a wiki broadcast that shares wisdom on how to overcome issues facing the black community. Join us to get a biblical perspective, detox from misinformation, and ground yourself in truth. Black America, I believe that you can have it all. Financial success, community stability, an enjoyable life, and more than enough money in the bank if you know biblical success principles and tactics based on truth. Welcome to Success with Apostle Dwayne on the Just Truth Podcast Network. My name is Apostle Dwayne Hughes. Over the years, God has brought me through many trials and afflictions, and in the process, I have gained much valuable wisdom and insight. Now, God has assigned me to give you proven success principles to help you get free, adapt, and overcome. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, or where you're at right now. God wants to partner with you and help you in your situation. So give me the next 30 minutes because it could change your life. Good morning. Welcome to Success with Apostle Dwayne. Uh, today is Monday, July 20, was it the 25th? Uh, got a lot of good information for you today. So on this show, what I talk about, or yeah, on this show, what I talk about is things uh, concerning, you know, the mental side of of what we deal with or, or or making smart decisions as christians but also especially as black christians because because you know this is a tough place that we live in or can be and there's things happening every day you know and and so we have to move according to wisdom on today's broadcast it's the question is that I, that that's being answered is what do you do when you don't know what to do so for that, I have in the in the description, I've placed a lot of uh, verses because this is this is I'm going to show you how to figure out how to do how to overcome no matter what. Today's message is going to be about how to come overcome no matter what. And so please stick around to the end of the message because I've got a lot of good information for you and I'm going to run through it real fast. Also, I just want to let you know, I've got a book coming out called God Wants You in Business for the Kingdom. Let me tell you this, it is vitally important that in the black Christian community that we get involved in business and commerce and that's what the Most High wants you to do in order to to secure your life okay we have got to become very entrepreneurial and i've got a new book coming out that he has given me specifically on how to partner with him to help you move into the into business okay whether it's a small business whether it's a big business medium-sized business or maybe just promote you through through the ranks in your job and, and but it's but the main thing though that makes it different it's not just a regular business book the main thing that makes this book different is it's about 
partnering, how you can partner with him in business. Like, you know, I mean, what if God is your business partner? You don't have to go around trying to get loans and trying to sell a portion of your company, all that stuff. What if you could just partner with him? And so he wants to help you. And so that's why he's giving me this book. And um, and so that's why I've got that coming for you. So now let's go ahead and get into today's message. Oh, by the way, I was supposed to have it finished a couple of weeks ago, but he keeps changing up my schedule. And so it's it's coming. It's in the process. You know, um, it's in the process. So uh, between all the things that I'm doing right now, it's just it's, it's just gotten pushed back. Um, but but that being said, so we're going to go ahead and go into the message for today. And so I'm going to give you the short answer, what to do, or, or even how to know what to do when you don't know what to do. And what you need is wisdom. Okay. The wisdom of God is what you need. Now, there is, um, if you notice the, the scriptures that I have laid out for you, I've got quite a few because... Because what you have to have whenever you go to to try and figure out something, a lot of times you you have to have um, um you know you have to have you got to have balance. And so many times we're trying to figure things out, but you don't have enough information. And so uh, the main thing you want to know is how to come in and how to go out. If that's that's the way I'm gonna put it because that's the way it's in the in the scripture. And so we're gonna learn today from the wisest man according to the scripture that has ever lived. Okay. And so let's go to we're gonna go to first Kings. Chapter three. Come on, open up here. Now, normally I have these on the banner, but I wasn't able to get that in there today. Um, and so I'm going to just kind of do it the way I had started uh, previously. All right. And so now let me read to you from first Kings chapter three, beginning with verse four. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. And Gibeon, the Lord, appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God asked and God said, ask what I shall give thee. This is God wanting to part with him. He said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is to this day. Because that, that, you know, a lot of times you had someone to establish a kingdom and then 
you know, either they died or the kingdom was taken over and they couldn't pass it on. You always want to pass things on. OK, you, you want to establish uh, an inheritance so that the next generation starts out ahead. They don't have to retake what you what you got, you know, uh, or what you you don't want to lose everything you had, the house and, and, and all this other stuff. You want your kids to start off, you know, with an advantage. And that's one of the reasons we hurt so bad financially is because we're always starting out brand new with no help. In verse seven, and now, and now, O oh Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go in or how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I might that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. Now, the first thing you have to do when you are trying to figure out what to do when you don't know what to do is recognize I don't know what to do. You have to be self-aware. You have to be self-aware enough to know what you know and know that there's some things that you don't know. And here is Solomon confessing that he is a young child or he's young, that he's not aged, that he's inexperienced. And here he is governing a people, ruling actually, a people that is a people that has been established by miraculous power of God and war a people who are the oracles of God who hear the mysteries and the revelation from God I mean you know that would be intimidating for anybody who has common sense and so here he he said to God look I'm overwhelmed here this is too big a job for me how am I going to do it please give me wisdom to show me how to come in and go out okay and so he was humble. The first thing, humble yourself. Take a good look at your situation and then ask. Ask God for wisdom. Okay? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. You see? And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and that and that and and hast not asked for thyself long life, Neither asked, neither hast asked for thyself riches, neither hast asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. See, this pleased God because he didn't ask for himself. What he was asking for was the ability to not mess up those people because he reverenced the fact that they were the people of God. Okay. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after, after thee shall any rise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. 
And thou sh and if thou walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Okay? So whenever you ask for something from God with the right heart and right motive, he will give you more than what you asked for. Because Solomon was already rich. He was already king. He was already ruler. He already had position. He was good looking. He could have just said, well, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Everything's good. Let me, uh, you know, give me some more money or, or give me the life of my enemies, you know, kill my enemies for me. You know, he could have been thinking like that. But what he did was he was looking so far down the road because if I have wisdom, I can accomplish any of that other stuff. If I have wisdom, I can I can know what to do in any circumstance or situation. And that's what you want. You want the wisdom of God. Now, the wisdom of God doesn't always come the way you want it. He doesn't always just drop revelation in your head. But sometimes it comes, you know, he'll send you into a fire or a trial or or something like that as a workout. He'll tell you something and then he'll send you into a place to test it or he'll send you into a place where you see that you don't have the knowledge to, to, to handle the situation. And then he'll give it to you because then you've been humbled. Some of us are, God can't really speak to us in the way he wants to, because we're just too prideful. Okay. And so he wants to speak to you and wants to give you revelation. All right. So, so the first thing you have to do is recognize that you need to be humble. Secondly, you have to be self-aware that, you know, what the situation is and be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. And then you have to come to God with a right heart and right motives. And then when you ask, ask with that right heart and that right motive, and he will give you what it is that you ask. Now, let me take you here. The next place we're going to go to is Proverbs, okay? Um, in Proverbs 1, verse 1, this is Proverbs was written by Solomon. Okay, Proverbs 1 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. So I just showed you Solomon requesting wisdom. Now, here we're going to see some of the wisdom of Solomon. Now, there's another book that was taken out of the 14 or one of the 14 books that were taken out of the King James. It was called The Wisdom of Solomon. I suggest you read that one too. If you get an apocrypha, King James with the apocrypha, if you really, if you just get a 1611 King James, you know, just get a 1611 King James, it's going to have those extra books in there. And one of them is the wisdom of Solomon. So now let me read this. So verse two, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. Okay. To receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Verse 4. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Verse 6. To understand a proverb and the inter interpretation the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay. 
So this these first seven verses tells you what the book of Proverbs is for and what it does. All right. So if you think of your brain as like a an operating or, or no, if you think of your brain as a computer and then you think of your your ability to think as your operating system, it's either uh, an OS system, which is like Windows or it's the Mac type operating system. And then you have your thoughts. Your thoughts are like apps. If you if you're like a person who's good at numbers, you might be an account. You might have an accounting app. If you're a person who's good at 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 music, you might have some kind of music app. You know, I mean, the bottom line is there's all these different apps that give you the ability to do a different thing on your computer. You might have an app for for watching things online or or for communicating, you know, making phone calls like Skype or something like that or Zoom. You know, there's all these different things that you can't do unless you have an app that enables that. Well, the book of Proverbs is like apps for your brain, for how to process and how to figure out how to get over, you know. And so. The reason I'm telling you this, so the question is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What you do is, one, you, the first thing you do is you recognize, okay, I don't know what to do. You honestly humble yourself and say, I don't know what to do in this situation. The second thing is that you humble yourself and go before the Lord. And then when you go before him, you ask with right motives. So you have to be self-aware. You have to be humble. And then you have to ask with right motives. Because the word of God says that if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who gives liberally to all without finding fault. But when he asks, he should believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Okay. And when you look at what the wind is, the wind is every wind of doctrine. The scripture talks about people being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Uh, it talks about being double-minded. He said you should believe and not doubt. Well, so it's, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That man should not think that he should receive anything from God. Why? Because when you are double-minded, what happens is there's a lot of reasons for double-minded. Sometimes somebody has a demon. I'll be honest with you. You know, you, you, you may need deliverance. You might have a bunch of them in there. Okay. And so you might say, well, I want to go get this. And they'll say, no, nah, I want to do this. And they always talk to you in the first person. If you find that you, a lot of times you're confused, you want to do one thing and you want to do the, another thing that's completely opposite at the exact same time, you're dealing with double mindedness. And that's a spirit problem. Okay. And you, you, you know that you'll need deliverance for that. But, but so we're tossed away, tossed by every, when the doctrine we we we're, we we dealt with uh dealing with double mindedness okay uh we 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 have to deal with believing and not doubting now last week i was talking about i can't remember which message it was in 
But I was talking about the, 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 the how do you know you have faith? I think that's what the message was. And, and the answer that the Most High gave me was that, it, you know, you don't have to work for faith. You, I mean, you work as a result of faith. Like, for instance, you know, your car doesn't become a car to get four wheels, tires, and a, and a, and a steering wheel. It has those things because it is a car. Okay. Likewise, you know, someone who's saved doesn't do good works to get saved. They do good works because we are saved. It's a side effect of who you are. And so, and so if you're, if your heart is right, then you'll do right things. Okay. And so one day I was praying because I was in a tough situation and I needed God to move on my behalf and I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And so I had been praying and praying and praying. And then I had uh, been also not doubting, not doubting, not doubting. You know, I was believing, 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 and I was not doubting, not, you know, I was doing two jobs and the Holy Spirit, you know, said, Hey man, that's work. What you're doing is work. That's, that's not faith. That's work. You know what faith is? When I asked the fact that I asked, the fact that I asked demonstrated I have faith. And then from there, I just have to trust. Just let it go. I, I asked, and now let me just go figure out what the best thing is that I can do from there. You see? And so by doing that, I, once he showed me that, from there, from then on, I was liberated from this working faith thing. You got a lot of people who teach erroneous things that you have to, to really work at believing. You know, I mean, that's work. That's work. When you just trust, like, for instance, I remember there was a lady on a job that I worked on when I was managing a Mazda store and she got this really bad abscess. You know, she had a she had a, a problem with like a root canal or, or something. And, and she was out for for about a month, I think. And then when she came back, she had this huge abscess. Her The whole side of her face was swollen. And. And I know that's probably why she stayed out so long, because she wanted her face to heal before she came back to work. And so and so she was she was working with us again for about a week. And um, and that thing wasn't going anywhere. And so one day I, the Holy Spirit just prompted me and I and I and I said, hey, um, I said, and, and both she and her husband worked for me. And so, I, you know, I invited them into my office and I said, hey, listen, man. Um, you know, the Lord has laid it on my heart to pray for your wife, for her face to be healed. And, and I said, is that okay with you? And he said, oh yeah, sure. By all means. And then I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, uh, is it okay with, if I pray for you, for your face to be healed? And she said, and she said, oh yeah, please. And so all I did was I said, father, please heal this woman's face and glorify your name in Jesus name. The next day, that was a Wednesday. My day off was on Thursdays. Uh, and so I was off on Thursday. And when I came back on Friday, that thing was half the size. And then it continued to get smaller. It didn't go away uh, 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 like immediately, but instantly it was half the size. 
And then over the next couple of days, it kept getting smaller and then it stopped. It stopped at a point where it was still visible and it was still an eyesore and it was still a, a, a big problem for her. And so a, a few days later, about a, about a week later, when I saw that it didn't go away completely, I asked her again, I said, hey, um, do you want me to pray for you again? And she's like, oh, please. She's like, I was wondering when you were going to ask that. And so, again, I, I said the same prayer. Father, please glorify your name and heal this woman in Jesus' name. And <clears throat> the next day, it was gone. Next day, gone completely. Okay. Now, and so when I prayed, I didn't do anything other than I just prayed. I prayed and I gave him the chance. I gave him the opportunity to glorify his own name. Okay. And so he, and he did it. And, and, and one of the things that it says in the scriptures, when Jesus, one of the times that Jesus was praying, he was like, you know, uh, thank you, father, for glorifying me and glorifying your name. And he said, I've done it and I'll do it again. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of butchering that, that scripture, but the bottom line is he said, I'm, I've, I'm, I've done it and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to continue to glorify his name. He's not going to share his glory with anyone but he will glorify his own name, okay? And so sometimes he puts you in a situation so that he can get the glory out of it. And what you have to understand, see, a lot of times people don't relate to God, right? Because they're, they're, there's something wrong with them. God don't, he doesn't need for you to glory in him. He's, he's glorious. He has no need of anything from anybody. But when you glorify God, that's actually good for you. It's good for you to glorify God. Because when you are glorifying God, that means that the enemy and, and anybody who, who's trying to come against you, when you're glorifying God, his, his, his presence and his righteousness, his goodness, his power is working. It'll work for you. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, gravity. If I let something go, the gravity's going to pull it down. Likewise, the glory of God is power. You know, his his power, when someone has a right heart, he just can't help it. He's going to move on their behalf because there's a lot of wicked people in this earth. There's a lot of wicked spirits. There's a lot of wickedness here that's designed to trap you, designed to put you in situations where you don't know what to do and designed to take things from you and, and, and hurt you. There's a lot of wickedness here that's working against you. And so the fact that God even gets involved with us after what we did to the earth when Adam, uh, our, our forefather, sinned and what we've done ever since, and we've just added to what he did. We've, we've added an innumerable number since nobody can really complain about Adam. We've added our own stuff to the to the pile to make it even worse. And so because you got so much wickedness, so much stuff, evil and, and things going on in this earth, the only thing that you can, that, that, I mean, one of the things that you need is the provision, the blessing, the protection, the power of God working on your behalf. And when you glorify and recognize him, it's a law. It just, his, he, he's, it, there's thing, good things are going to happen for you. You see, and, and, and let me say it another way. 
if I walked into, if you bumped into someone who's the most world's most beautiful supermodel, I don't care what's going on in your heart. You're going to have to say, wow, man or woman. If you, if you, if you meet someone who's the world's most muscular person, you're going to be like, or you, you bump into someone that's like eight feet tall. You're going to be like, whoa, you know, I mean, you can't help it. It's, it's just a natural reaction. It's no different. If you came to the presence of God, you couldn't stop talking about how amazing he is because that's, he is, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's glorious. Everything about him is glorious. And so it's not that he's trying to get you to, to do something or be something or whatnot. If anything, he's trying to help you, help you come up. Because I, I can tell you that in the fallen human nature that we have, we, we're so disrespectful except for everyone except ourselves. I mean, there's so much that, that's wrong with us. But when you get in the right standing with God, he works on your behalf, you see. And so... You know, I've kind of given you a lot of information here, but when you're in the right position and you're and you're mentally and emotionally in the right place where you can recognize, humble yourself and then ask and just trust, he will give you the answer. Oh, one more thing. Study the scriptures, you know, uh, read Proverbs, read Wisdom of Solomon, you know, write these things in your heart because that's what it's for. That was put there as a tool and it's given to you by through the man who was the wisest that there ever was. Okay, so uh, that's how you know what to do or find, that's how you find out what to do. That's how you figure out what to do when you don't know what to do. Okay, you get right, you ask, and you study. You go to the feet of the person who was the wisest person that has ever lived and still famous. Solomon's still the most famous king, rich person anyone has ever even thought of. He's still famous thousands of years after he's after he died okay so that's it for um for success with apostle Dwayne. uh for today uh hold on a second i always thought the apostles were only around when jesus was alive that's because fred you don't know the scripture if you go to um ephesians 4 chapter 11 verse 11 through 13 it says i give some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers uh, that's the five fivefold ministry that you see if you read the book of Acts, and then uh, it, it's, it says uh, for the edification of the church and the, and the perfecting of the body of Christ until we all come into the fullness of uh, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's not going to happen until we uh, until He comes back. So he has given us those five offices until then. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see uh, that that's what happened. That's how they moved. It wasn't just the apostles. It was apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. One of the major attacks that the devil has had on the church is to get rid of those offices. You got people who are uh, apostles operating as pastors. You got people who are, are, who are, are pastors operating as apostles. They're out of the position. That's like your heart deciding it's going to be a brain. You're going to die. And so we've got a lot of people who are out of position and people who are not in position right now. The church was never designed to be a place where people come to get to the to the building to get saved. The church, the word church means ecclesia. When you go back and look at the Greek word it's ecclesia. It's my called out ones. Jesus said on this rock, meaning himself, I'll build my called out ones and the gates of hell shall not withstand them. 
So the ecclesia has been given the authority to kick Satan's door in. Do you think he wants you to know that? And when you look at what the early church did, that's what they did. They didn't go get people to come to the church to get saved. They went out and, 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 and made converts where they were at, Johnny on the spot. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to send you into places. If that's your call, he's got an assignment for you. He wants to send you into a place and, and change that place. We're not designed to go and retreat behind four walls. Okay, and so and so the design of the church is amazing. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the church. Okay, and we've we've lost a lot of that. And so, and one of the main reasons we've lost that is because there's people who don't know that they're apostles who will say what I'm telling you. The revelation that he's given me as an apostle is the uh, is the same. I mean, he's given me all five offices. And so, there's wisdom and understanding he's given me. I'll give you one more thing. When you read in a uh, and Matthew, the first, the calling of the first two apostles, James and John, they were out. Uh, I'm sorry, Peter, Peter and James, they were fishing. And then when he called James and John, the second two, they were on the on their on, they were on the shore fixing the nets. And he told them, "Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." Well, first, the the the, the preaching of the gospel and evangelizing—that's fishing. That's pulling in the fish, but. Sometimes the message that we're using to catch the fish, the bait and all that stuff, you got to make sure that that net's the right net. Because if you're promising people a life of ease and all this other stuff that we've been given and all this foolishness that people are being taught, then they're going to come in wrong, learning wrong, and they're not going to stay or they're going to be messed up. And, and it's a bad net, bad bait. And so the, the assignment of apostle is first to go fish and then also to make sure the net's right. Okay, so, um, so that's an understanding. Uh, hopefully that helps you. But take it to the scripture. Take everything I say and anybody else says to the scripture. But thank you for the comment. All right, brother. God bless. Thank you again for tuning in to Success with Apostle Dwayne. We hope that these messages are ministering to you and empowering you to make a difference in your life. Please don't budget to subscribe to our RSS feed so that you never miss a new episode. And don't forget to tell your family and friends. Have a great day.